Hey everyone, welcome back to The Vibe Show. Today I'm bringing back, by popular request, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. I don't think I've ever gotten a bigger download than this episode with her. She touches on lots and lots of things. So as you listen, I'm not going to do a bio for her because I've had her on the show before. She's a naturopathic physician in Canada. I won't do the detailed bio because you've heard from her before. Um, she's at yummy.doctor. She's so censored that she has had to, to set up her own servers. Um, and I definitely feel her pain on that. But she was fascinating to listen to the first time we had her on this show. She is so free ranging in this conversation and touches on so many different topics. It would be one of those where you back up and re-listen to a number of different things and then for sure go follow her. So I'm excited to reintroduce you to the amazing Canadian physician, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. So welcome back to the Vibe Show, Dr. Amanda Vollmer. Hi, Robin. So it's been a while since we talked. I loved my interview with you several months ago. I know most of the people who follow me, 90%, I think we have 10 to 15% Canadians. So for all the Americans, we're super curious. We're paying more attention to Canada than we ever did before. We're very alarmed by what little we do know about what's going on up there. It looks like you're in a far more advanced state of communism. And my guess is that it has a lot to do with the fact that your prime minister is all in on the deep state agenda. Tell us, Americans, an update on what's going on in Canada. Well, it's the communist Canada really is where we're at. Um, We've got a crime minister, Trudeau, who's just going along with his usual puppetry and manipulating the masses. And we've got, I'm in Ontario and we have uh, Doug Ford um, involved with all of this fake information, fear-mongering. What's interesting, at least, um, is that people are starting to clue in on the fact that there's something not lining up with the information. So even people who are in the mainstream and believe that there's some sort of new virus or something like that, even those people who subscribe to the germ theory are starting to go, you know what, this is weighing either starvation or exposure <laughs> to some sort of deadly pathogen. And we're going to have to take the risk here of this deadly pathogen. Otherwise, we're going to die of starvation. I mean, the small businesses are going under at a rapid pace. We have suicide rates up. Um, it's a very strange, gray, like macabre energy over the nation. It's it's a very strange feeling. And I think there's a lot of people having pretty rude awakenings right now about what's really happening. And we're, I'm not very comfortable being in Canada right now because it's already been on the leftist, communist, socialist agenda for, you know, uh, a couple of about seven years now, I think. So we're, we're still in not a good place. <laughs> we already were socialist um, to begin with, with, you know, the so-called free healthcare, which is not free. You pay, you pay more for crappier healthcare through your taxation. So it's not really free like it's sold as. Um, and 
so far it's uh we're they're just trucking along with you know more lockdowns and like in Quebec they're, tomorrow they're going to start doing the you can't leave your house uh for more than an hour hour and a half one person only shopping you can't go past a certain amount of kilometers of driving this sort of thing all for a case demic with a fake PCR test that has 80% false positive nobody's sick uh they're just testing positive because they have this re- improper PCR procedure where they're doing these repetitions of like between 33 and 45 times and you're going to find what you're looking for when you do that with the DNA it's like making a photocopy of your DNA over and over and over and over right so the more you do the cycles the more likelihood you're going to find some nucleic acid segment that fits into their so-called genome sequence of the this virus which came from GenBank they actually manufactured the the uh the DNA pattern or sequence of of this of this thing so it's it's weird it's weird and i get up every day and i don't feel comfortable going out because people are so brainwashed and there's so many people wearing masks still when there's no there's no scientific evidence that masks protect you from anything and there's a lot of evidence that it harms you uh, there was a new study a german study done on children proving that they cause uh, irreparable harm in children um the 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 evidence is mounting that this is a sham so it'll be interesting to see in the coming months as we have this leftist cult continuing to push the world economic and globalist eugenics agenda forward while people are starting to question how these politicians um are what they're doing with this information because they're it's a mixed bag and and nothing it's all falling apart which excites me i'm glad to see that it's starting to fall apart but we'll see how messy it gets with people now revolting cuz i don't think they're going to stop they're not going to stop with the social distancing rules which also don't have any science to back them up um and and the mask laws and then if they do curfews and you're out and then you get fines or arrested uh that's really quite um a scary situation to be put into so anyway it's it's similar in a lot of different countries uh not mexico not belarus um not uh, any other places that i maybe want to go to <laughs> but here it's it's still trucking along yeah we looked very uh closely at going to mexico in fact we have um temporary resident visas there we had a place we were going to rent on the water in the baja and i decided not to and that's i won't go sideways on that but basically just because i think it would be very difficult to drive from utah to this place in mexico without um you know it's just the crime bosses and the the drug lords that'll pull you over and you have to pay them money and you don't even know if they're the government or the whatever but it's crazy that we don't you don't know if they're the government or the the drug guys but it's crazy how close i was to taking my chances with that and it and it still made a, i may have made a bad decision um we'd rather take our chances with that and the fact that it's already a corrupt dictator who runs that country rather than be here for what's what's going down here. So you said a lot there. I want to just back up to so your country's labs are running they're calling positive tests on the on the PCR between 33 and 45 cycles and I I think Fausti or or Fauci whatever you would like to call him 
has even said, if it's 35 cycles or more, it's, it's pretty much all false positives. And, and, and still we're doing this. I mean, that's just one of the things. Then there's whether the PCR test even actually is indicating uh, COVID-19, which it isn't. And whether there's a real, whether there's actually an emergency. My first interview today was with Dr. Pam Popper, and I'm really going to get on that train and have Utah do a Utah stands up lawsuit like she's done in Ohio. And, um, and now they've got a New Mexico group that has filed a lawsuit there. So tell us a little bit about why, why are these labs allowed to just randomly choose how many cycles is a positive test? Yeah, it does seem based on the director at that point and whatever so-called paperwork they they try to back up their explanation of why they do what they do. And and again, like we've seen in all of this whole entire scandemic is inconsistency. So you'll have different labs running different cycles and it's not a test, it's actually a technique. It's a technique to amplify particular segments of nucleic acid uh, remnants um, so that you can see it, so you can actually work with it. It was it was invented by Dr. Kerry Mullis to help laboratory work along when you need a piece of DNA and you can't get enough of it to actually scrape it together to investigate it. And it, he won the Nobel Prize for that in good right because it's a brilliant um, uh, technique. But to then be used incorrectly is one of the problems that we're seeing in science as a whole where we're supposed to have ethics and morality in science. And this is the danger. I remember when I was walking the halls in the lab, up in the laboratory section when I was in university uh, in my third and fourth years. And I realized I was sitting, I was reading something and it was talking about um, how you know, I was doing, taking a lot of ethics courses and we was talking about, you know, there has to be some sort of agreement where you don't test certain things. You leave it alone, right? You don't manipulate um, nature to a certain degree because it's dangerous and it, it has huge repercussions on all of life. And uh, I also remember in that same university learning about uh, the illegality of monopolies <laughs> and, uh, the dangers of of uh, to the you know small amounts of people owning too much money, too much control, too much power, and here we are, um, fifteen years later, and monopolies seem to be the norm. Uh, unethical science seems to be the norm. Um, experimenting on the human population has been going on for a very long time, and it continues to go along uh, with this, you know. Thing that they're injecting people with, which isn't even uh, a, a vaccine, actually, by definition. Because if you look at the definition of a vaccine, it's supposed to give some sort of immunity to a specific uh, organism. But this actually alters your cells to produce products uh, to affect some sort of invisible boogeyman that's apparently floating around and hurting people. Um, and so it's actually it, it's actually mischaracterized or mixed, missed, uh, mislabeled. It's more of a therapeutic drug, and a therapeutic drug cannot be forced upon anybody. So I think that's going to be an important sticking point for the lawsuits that are going forward 
to ensure that the 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 linguists, the languaging is is appropriate for what this really is. It's a therapeutic drug. It's not a vaccine, and that's uh, going to win a lot of court cases against trying to force people to take this experimental, dangerous therapeutic drug. Right. So um, it's it's. <laughs> It's really like wild, wild west. That's how I see this all. It's like wild, wild west of medicine, wild, wild west of the media. Just, uh, or my friend uh, called it, uh, they're not reporters, they're repeaters. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So there's a whole new vocabulary growing up out of this. I mean, we just, Fausti instead of Fauci and you're a crime minister and the repeaters instead of the reporters. I should start a like a style guide for um, scamdemic new vocabulary. Yeah, and there's <laughs> there's all kinds of um, private corporations that people think are the government. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my audience is awake to the fact that the Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express is, but I don't know that people are aware that the CDC is a for-profit corporation, makes most of its money through um, laundered through the, through the drug companies primarily. And, and I think that would be a shock for most Americans to learn because they think that it's a watchdog government agency. It's, it's not watchdogging. It's trying to act like one to a certain extent to maintain favor, but that's about it. So that's really interesting. Okay. So not even a vaccine vaccine by definition, it's more of a therapeutic drug. I know that we have laws on the books in Utah that a, um, an employer cannot force and no one can force a therapeutic drug on Mm -hmm. the citizens. And so we're going to, we're going to have to work with that. That's, that's a really um, good point that you're making. Mm -hmm. Um, I've become completely obsessed with Tiffany Pontus Dover. Do you know who that is? Mm -hmm. All right. So you get any information about her, let me know. I was, I was on a Facebook group where 15,000 people were, you know, asking questions. Some people had really gone to lengths to do a, you know, citizen reporter stuff, calling people in her hometown. It's astonishing the lengths that they're going to cover up what really looks like her death because it's mm-hmm. been four weeks today since she got that shot. Where mm-hmm. the hell is she? Can you think yeah. of a single reason why she would not go like, like why is, would it be anything but bad for Pfizer? for the hospital she works at, for this whole, this whole um, agenda, why would there be anything in it for them to have her not speak up in the last four weeks? I mean, certainly not helping her privacy. She's alive. Mm-hmm. Well, so. she's either dead. She's either dead. She's either severely damaged or she's under very strict gag order. Um, and so if she's under contract with any of these companies, um, like it, was it the Pfizer vaccine? Is that the yeah. one that she had? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so she might've had to, there might be something like that, a gag order and she's not permitted to speak. Um, and why they would do that. Um, who knows? They have all kinds of strange things that they do. They have all kinds of crisis actors that they use. They, um, uh, you know, I, for me, I, I've been collecting more of the stories, the damage stories and the death stories coming out. Uh, and I'm going to compile them in a blog on my uh, website, yummy.doctor, and make sure that people are getting the evidence 
that, you know, this is uh, obviously this therapeutic agent is causing a real range of problems and, you know, you may want to steer clear. And actually in our population, about 60% are not interested in an experimental uh, shot that's already proving to be risky and hasn't been tested properly through the animal models either. Uh, and anyway, if you look back at all of the different therapeutics and vaccines that have been created, it takes at least at least 10 years to produce one. 15 is your general you know, average range, and it can be high as 50 years to produce things like this, like polio, which doesn't exist, but you know, the vaccine took a very long time to manufacture. So don't give me this story that all of a sudden we've figured this out faster. And what's happened is they planned this. <laughs> they planned it long ago. How did they have this therapeutic agent so, somewhat ready is because they've been working on it for a long time already because they've been planning for it. And they don't want us to find out that they have been setting this up and planning it. And also that they've been um, planning the next so-called epidemic already, which is called SPARS. So you can you can look that up um, already the, on the World Economic Forum. You know, they they love their their storytelling and their plans, and it already exists as um, a, 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 I think it's between 2022 and 2025. The SPARS epidemic. Um, it's just role play, though. You know, it's just it's just a game for for them. It's just to make sure that it doesn't happen, right? Sure. That's just like uh, when they start to to plan, um, you know, e- evacuations from bombs, then you know <laughs> they're planning to actually do the thing that they're that they're running their simulations on, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all coming to light. I think I think all of these um, strange situations where we're trying to find where this Dover woman is or who's, you know, the Mexican doctor in the, in the hospital uh, and that there's a doctor in the United States that died from the vaccine. And there's the, all one, these stories in, the of- one in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he, they tried to tell her that it wasn't the vaccine. They tried to hush her up, but his wife was furious and she's, mm-hmm. she's in, I've only seen one media article, but you know, I've saved that I'm, I'm collecting a Google doc of news of deaths as well, because they're going to be very hard to find. And that to me is something to track very carefully. That to me is something to pay very close attention to, because if you see your government and your media both covering up deaths, you know, that's a smoking gun as, as there, there ever will be, um, actually covering up deaths and we can catch them doing it. I mean, you cannot just disappear a 30 year old young mother who is working at a Tennessee hospital and, Mm Um, that that physician in Florida, the the only reason that's in one media article is because, you know, the widow ferociously said everywhere that anybody would talk to her, including on Facebook, he was perfectly healthy. He had no health issues. This mm-hmm. put him into a total cytokine storm and, and a crash and, and he died. Um, she's a, a desperately grieving widow and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to, um, keep track of the deaths. The problem is some of them are hard to, they're hard to verify because to verify them, we have to use enemy territory, you know, media stories. And we already know they're trying to cover it up. I mean, 
you know, there's, there's a story out there that there's a hundred people who are paid tens of thousands of dollars each to be in a trial and all hundred of them died. And it was a Bill Gates experiment. And I don't know much more than that, but yeah. So those are some of the deeper dives that I want to do. I've been hearing about the SPARS planned uh, epidemic for 2022 to 2025 as well. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's almost like, does their satanic religion require them to do some disclosure? And then if they sort of disclose, this is what we're going to do, then they're off the hook ethically and morally. Yeah. I think they have their, their code is to try not to get the karmic backlash so directly. Um, well, you can do black magic to actually take the karmic hit and put it on a patsy. They, they use the patsy system all the time, right? To pass the buck. I remember I had this really eerie, strange conversation that somebody uh, started with me on Facebook and uh, I decided to to have the conversation because they said that they were um, doing black magic and they were a warlock and that they were, you know, very, you know, uh, advanced at it. And I said, all right, I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm like a white lighter, but uh, I'll, I'll ask some questions if you'll be willing. And I said, so how do you deal with karma of doing like hexing someone or or trying to wish harm on someone or any of those things. And that's what this, this individual said to me that you, there's a ritual where they pass the karma. They try to pass that on. And I said, wow, okay, there still should be some repercussion of that. But then this person was saying that basically they try not to die. They try not to stay in this, like if they died, there would be the repercussion, but if they stay in this reality, they don't, they, they sidestep it or something like that. So there's a lot of weird stuff they're doing rituals and soul transfers and all this kind of stuff that we probably have no clue about the technology or the, the information that they have that they've erased for us, like that they've kept when they burnt down the libraries or when they censor information, we don't get that information, but they have it. Right. And what, what kind of rituals and things they, they do we can only guess or get snippets of, and I choose not to focus on it very much because I'm more interested in, you know, rebuilding our our lineages and focusing on nature and focusing on God and and, and bringing in light and uh, meditating and, and raising frequency and getting out from under their disgustingness. But um, I do know they have certain, you know, exposures that they have to do to get past our free will so that they can say that they gave us disclosure. They use Hollywood for that a lot. They use hand signals a lot. I've been seeing the one where they do, what did they do? I don't know, something where they make a little triangle with their hands or something. It's a, it's actually a it's actually a mudra uh, of creation. Oh, this one, this one. They do this one a lot with the, the hands. I know you can't see what yeah, I'm Yeah, so doing, she's but. got her thumbs together and then her hands yeah. are upside down, but she's making a triangle. And some people have gone to great lengths to catch Hollywood actors and actresses they have just hundreds of photos of them doing that mm-hmm. and yeah the the allegation is they they have to do that because it's part of the cult you have to show yourself well i don't know if it's if it's necessary maybe that's part of it but i do know in studying mudras that that's a mudra called the mudra of creation so say you're up there telling a tall tale right you're lying because that's what politicians do <laughs> they're full of liaria and they're doing these hand signals while they're lying. 
because they're creating, right? They're making a mythological story and they're using the mudra to make it more believable, to make it hit home, to make the people who are being hypnotized by them take the story and run with it because they need human consciousness to make it into anything manifested anyway, right? So they, they use our energy to make these things be anything. That's why oftentimes I'll, I'll dive into a topic for a while if I'm passionate about it. And then I kind of pull away, walk away and then focus on my purpose and the things that I want to bring forth and create all the good things, right? All the healing, all the support, all the love and, and not worry about feeding their manifestations so much. Cause without us, they're nothing. They're really, they've lost their ability their God-given right to be uh, human manifestors. They need us and they just don't need as many of us anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) they're culling the herd. And that's what all of this really is, is uh, cutting down on the numbers because they can't manage us anymore the way it's been. And they're interested in human 2.0 and also they're broke. They, they're bankrupt. Uh, fourth bankruptcy, that's no good. You're only allowed three. And then you go back into the crown coffers and there's nothing there because Prince Philip ran off with that money. So uh, there's nothing. They're broke, literally. They have to do this economic reset or they have nothing. And the only thing they have are the bonds of our labor of on, of our, on our backs. And if they can uh, extract as much Lucia's as as possible from our bonds, then they'll be able to do this this next phase in trying to stabilize the economy for their own gain. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to really work the way they want because, like I'm seeing, more and more people are getting involved in the conversation. You're gonna the ones that are lost, the ones that are are like so excited to get the shot. I've heard, I've seen this on social media. They're so excited the, you know, to, to get it and, uh, good for them, be excited. And then you'll be regretful after, but, or dead. Um, but, uh, those people, we can't really wake up, but more and more people are going, yeah, I don't think this it's quite for me. And they're going to have to try to strong arm us, uh, and manipulate people into trying to take it. Uh, they have a crappy product, uh, with already crappy track record. The history of it is a crappy track record as well. Look at the flu shot. I mean, give me a break, right? I mean, we, apparently apparently the flu is cured though <laughs> this year. Right, right. Well, we, <laughs> we shouldn't have to get the flu shot because it's been cured. There's no more pneumonia. There's no more flu. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's just a miracle that- it, that it really is. Yeah, so. Yeah, I know. Well, so, no. But can you back up? I know, I know this isn't, you, you keep saying so many interesting things that I haven't even gotten to the big subject that I really want to cover with you because you're so bold on the subject of the virus hoax, but can you back up to the fourth bankruptcy and mm-hmm. take that a little bit more detail? Well, it's, there's, uh, after, actually Catherine Austin Fitz talks about a lot about this economic information. Um, and I, I would suggest uh, looking at, you know, Planet Lockdown is a new uh, emerging video that goes into some of it. Um, there was the Blackwater Takeover she talks about, which was on my original YouTube channel. It's now on my uh, 
a hosting site. Like I have my own video hosting on yummy.doctor now with all my videos because I had to make my own server because of all the censorship. That's got to tell you something. If you have to censor people that intensely, then you've got, you've got to, you've got, you know, something smells off when that's the case. Right. So, um, uh, but that was talking about how they, they've gone broke, uh, but also how it was agreed to. Um, there's another video in there. I can't remember the name of it. If I, I'll get it for you, though. And it basically breaks down how the the agreement to become North America, become the United States of America from, out from under the auspices of the crown. And it was like three strikes, you're out rule. So if if you bankrupt the nation three times after the third time, the, the, it goes right back into the crown and under the, the postmaster general. So basically it, it all started based on trade and the post offices. And we're at that now. We're at the fourth. We're actually at rogue. Nobody is running anything, technically speaking. Um, it's all about who's got the real flag and. <laughs> <laughs> and who can put it down in the soil fast enough. Um, and that'll be the the emerging government. Um, but it's, it's so they have to hide that fact that they're bankrupt until they can formulate a new plan, which is the great economic reset, which they need the crisis in order to do it. And that's what we're in the, in the midst of. So essentially why this has happened is because they're broke. And because they've got, they're gone into a fourth bankruptcy and they can't just do a run on the banks and steal your savings, although they talked about doing that. Uh, they need the bond money um, to make a new currency, a digital currency and, through the Federal Reserve and try to see if they can scrape together this mess that they've created by literally stealing pensions, stealing all the tax money and putting everyone into this trillion ridiculous trillion dollar debt. Um, so it's, it's a longer story, but I'll give you some links you can share with your um, members and subscribers to, to educate themselves on some of this law because understanding sovereign uh, sovereignty, how to become sovereign and understanding uh, what, how the nation was formed in the first place, all the treaties and agreements uh, that's important and uh, realizing the underpinning econ economic um, issues that are going on that they're trying to sidestep and find solutions for um, by creating basically war. War makes a lot of money, right? But they can't go, they don't want to go to war because they want a one world government and one world religion, their whole, you know, new world order agenda. So they have to uh, make the fake crisis be, you know, a biological one that works for them this time rather than, you know, some sort of threat overseas or something like that. So that's just where, where we're at now, how it plays out. We'll, we'll see, um, you know, where China is clearly involved in the takeover, uh, but not as, not what you would think. You can read an article by Anna von Reitz, uh, R-E-I-T-Z, and she explains it really well, like what's um, happening in the relationship between China and the U.S. Um, and that they're very heavily dependent upon, um, they, they use coal for a lot of their energy. They, they don't have a lot of gas reserves and oil reserves. And so their main um, labor inputs are 
human labor. And they already played a part in this hoax by setting it up and getting their props and getting whatever kickbacks and bonuses and agreements that they had to play the part of this farce. But then once May hit, they're like, yeah, we don't have it anymore because we're already communists. So we don't need the fake virus anymore to continue on with communism because we're already there and now we got to get back to work so we have to just pretend this whole thing you know never happened so they've been case free even though they have like billions in their population (laughs) and we have up here like in ontario like maybe a few thousand people and they're shutting us down and locking us down and forcing the, the vaccine certificates and all this crap as fast as they possibly can because they want to put us into this communistic system, this so this very heavily socialistic um, control grid, and but China already has it, Sweden already has it, so they don't need any more fake pandemic there because they already are under communism. They're already agreeing to the the passports and and the microchipping and all that stuff, so they don't need to be strong armed into it. Right? Oh, is and, that is that what happened there? I I think a lot mm-hmm. of us have that question: is why was Sweden? allowed to just carry on, but you're saying because they didn't need them to, they're already there, but it's still probably backfired on them because it ended up being all this data to compare to those of us who did lock down and is a probably a huge embarrassment and a mistake on their part to, to let Sweden just uh, not impose all these mandates and and lockdowns. Well, I hope so. I hope that this is what pans out is all of the, ridiculousness will actually be heard. But what I find very frustrating about all of this is we have the facts and the evidence that this is all fake. We have it. And it's it's been discussed um, over and over again now for almost a year here. And yet they still keep doing it. And there was a, a meme I, I, I took, I'll see if I can remember it. And it was basically saying, they're lying. We know they're lying they know we know they're lying, (laughs) yet they still continue to lie. (laughs) Doesn't change anything. They're going to, they're going to lie knowing we know it's a lie, knowing they know we know they don't care. They're just pathological, right. In their, in their, their, in their activities. So yeah, I want to get that. um, I want to get that link to the Anna Von Reitz piece because my exposure to that was that another podcaster read it. But I'd like, I'd like to get that. Um, you have it and I'll put that mm-hmm. in the show notes. And I'll also share that, um, what Amanda has mentioned here by Catherine Austin Fitz. There's a video series called Planet Lockdown and hers is probably the most viral of the ones that they've released so far. But the most interesting thing I got from what Catherine Austin Fitz had to say is that they're basically stretching the dollar out and they're, they're allowing the totally bankrupt dollar to continue because they're not ready. They're scrambling and they're trying to get together. Can you imagine the software that has to run all the banking, all the systems, everything that they have to pull off? Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be a lot of chaos when they try and pull that trigger, but they're basically trying to keep the dollar going as strange as that sounds. I mean, yes, they're going to crash the dollar. That's fully the intention here, but they're not ready. That was something I had wondered about that Catherine goes into, and she's one of the only people like in the world of finance who's speaking up about this. So definitely if you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Catherine Austin Fitz uh, video planet lockdown, you can, I doubt you can Google it. I'm sure Google has buried it, but I'll, I'll find that. And we'll put that in the show notes. 
Um, and I'm trying to get her on the show. I know she's a, she's in a, a Christian women's influencer women's group that I'm in. And so I'm sure Sherry Tenpenny can get her to come on my show. We've reached out and haven't heard from her, but, um, there's just a lot that you've said here, but I want to get to really what I think you're so strong in is laying out the whole case for the fact that we've been lied to about viruses for a hundred years. And especially I'd love for you to just go ahead, take it and run, but make sure you cover the fact that people don't get viruses from each other. Yeah. Um, and back, and just before I start that, I do, I did capture the, that segment um, that Catherine Austin Fitz segment, and it's on my, I believe my Vimeo or bit shoot. So I can give you that link Perfect. as well. They actually took it down off my YouTube. I did boldly put it on my YouTube channel as a test. And, uh, lo and behold, <laughs> I got a second strike yesterday for it and they took it down. So, oh, no. um, yeah, they, they're definitely censoring all of that information and uh, they don't care about appeals and they don't seem to care about lawsuits, um, but they're part of the AI system, right? Google, which owns, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all, you know, and Insta and all of these social media, they've been gathering the data and putting it into this artificial intelligence network, which is really freaky. And if you ever hear the very strange Elon Musk talk about it, it's super creepy stuff. Um, it's not, it's not something to listen to before bed, <laughs> um, but he's saying it's too late. He said it on Joe Rogan, I believe. He said, it's, it's too late. We can't stop the AI system already. It's like running with it now. Um, and I have no idea what that even means. I, I don't know if I want to know, but um, I think they're doing some pretty off book, creepy stuff uh, I know they're doing the the a lot of gene technologies, trying to manipulate our genes and make human 2.0. Uh, because once they genetically modify us, then we're technically not human, and then they can own us, and we don't have any rights anymore. They can take away our human rights because we're technically not the human species. We're patented by them, and that's part of their psychopathic belief system that we're just chattel or cattle or sheep or or their 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 property to do with what they wish we're labor and yeah the free their labor their you know the serfs <laughs> and we just uh are if they want to kill us they kill us if they want to to manipulate us they do whatever so if they lie they lie they don't care they think we're we're scum so they they think of us literally like animals and even bf skinner when he studied, um, which they're, they're, they run all of his um, psychological information through all the stuff they do on us is, is all from Skinner. Uh, you know, that was the thinking was that, yeah, you know what? Humans are basically programmable. They're just a blank slate. You can manipulate them any which way. Here's exactly how you do it. And that's what they've been doing ever since. Um, they know how we tick and they know how to manipulate the masses. And then they'll get people like us who are awake and are uh, not following the herd and uh, getting out of cult think and realizing how uh, indoctrination works, how propaganda works, and uh, figuring out the puzzle pieces of, who, of that they own all the media and they own all the information and they control it. So then they try to either suppress the knowledge from those people or just put them in camps or disappear them or whatever. I mean, this, this month, 
uh, sorry, December, we lost some pretty big names in like this, you know, activism against all this, this crap. And it was a really heavy month for me personally, because I mean, Paula Gloria Barton uh, died. Uh, we had Sally Elcorty. She died suddenly um, of a heart attack. Uh, we had Brandy Vaughn, you know, die suddenly, just found dead on her couch. Um, we've had, uh, I mean, David, uh, was it David Crow? He, I don't remember if it was December, it was before that, but some big names, um, gone, just, just disappeared. And that was, that really shook me because these people were inactive, very active. They were like getting legislation and information into the hands of the presidency. They were getting, they were suing, you know, Como in New York, like Paula was, you know, they're all of these things that they were doing. So that was really disturbing um, how far these psychopaths are going to go and, and what methods they use. So that was, that was upsetting. It took me a lot of mourning to really put that into a place where I could function again, but um, it's worrisome. And, and then we have this revolution before us. So, you know, to get onto your, the main topic that, that we're talking about here, which is the virus myth, is that because of all of this, we are starting to have bigger conversations about disease, uh, huge conversations about uh, medical ethics. Obviously, like we have this my body, my choice movement, but yet not when it comes to, <laughs> you know, poisoning, being poisoned under, under gunpoint. Um, so it's very divisive and it's a very um, uh, suppressed reality right now. But like I've said before, anytime you suppress something, you're going to get upheavals and you're going to get a workaround. And so here we are, so they're trying to suppress this stuff and we're doing the workaround. Um, the revolution and the scientific paradigm shift is here. And when it comes to the false germ theory and understanding that the terrain is what leads in your health, it's it the conversation has been happening. I mean, I've been having a conversation for a number of years, but only among my colleagues or people who are interested in the topic. But now it's an opportune time because we have to get real here about what's been going on with every single fake virus story. You can break it down and say that wasn't a virus. A virus did not cause that. They said it did. But when you actually uncover the true history, you realize that wasn't the story at all. And it takes time, it takes energy and, re and, and research um, to figure it out. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not in the IQ level to do it uh, at this point because of the dumbing down that's been going on for decades. Uh, most people are glued to their televisions. They are lazy. They are cowards and they don't want to look at something that might make them uncomfortable or go against their Stockholm syndrome um, or and their um, their false rose-colored glasses reality, right? It's too it's too sudden for them, or it's too um, uncomfortable for them in the cognitive dissonance. But unfortunately, they're either going to have to rip that bandaid off, or they're going to be suffocated by it. So it's it's like the choice is here: Do you want to awaken, or do you want to die? Um, that's what seems to be the crossroads a lot of people are at right now. So 
you know, a few hundred years ago really is when this, the, the, the lie or the superstition got started because people would just notice certain trends and they would actually assume um, the original assumption was that it was a spirit. It was a demon uh, that was causing illness or causing your child to die or something bad to happen. It was a spirit or a demon that was assumed to cause the death. So that's kind of some of the lineage that we come from in our thinking. Uh, and then, you know, Pasteur and uh, Jenner and all of these frauds came up with ideas, ideas that, uh, you know, oh, I see a trend in, you know, the milkmaid story or whatever. And it seemed like when she was exposed to something, she didn't get what other milkmaids did and, and all of these stories that get pulled through time with the revisionist history that were shown. Um, but that's that's not the story. That's not what happened. Um, but when you dig back, you you have to look at things like weather events. You have to look at things like what exposures were people um, having in their day to day? Were they exposed to coal dust? Were they exposed to um, arsenic or any other metals? Were they starving and their nutritional statuses were low? Were they having not indoor plumbing and having to like throw their feces in the street? Uh, what about all the different conditions that one is living in to, and mental and emotional conditions as well that deal uh, with trauma or cause trauma and then lead to serious diseases in the body? Um, so there's brilliant works coming out now. And I'm, I'm so excited to be part of the conversation. It's what keeps me going in this craziness uh, that we're getting somewhere, at least with those of us who are, you know, doing the work. Uh, for example, there's a book called What Really Makes You Ill by Don Lester and uh, David Parker. And that uh, I'm actually going to be interviewing them uh, in a few weeks or so. And they, they've done excellent work. It's like a decade of research into uncovering a good majority of what we thought was caused by a virus. And they've broken it down and lots of extra resources to go read from there. It's a huge book. It's, a, it's not an easy read, but it's a worthwhile one. And it will help your mind get through this revisionist history that we've been told. And that's why, you know, I don't send my child to school. I'm not going to send her to school anyway, because they're masking and, and they're, they're, they're making the children put poison on their hands, you know, and they're scaring them and making them think that if they hug their grandma, they're going to kill their grandma and all this kind of psychological torture that they're doing to the children. And I just won't have her experience that. I have to protect her from that. You've never even sent her to a doctor, have you? No, 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 never, 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 never. I think that would be really interesting to people. I, I like to tell mm -hmm. people in 26, 27 years now of parenting, I've never put my child, any of the four of them on an antibiotic. And that's shocking to people because um, American children are on an antibiotic on average every 11 months. And I have four children who are adults who I never put on an antibiotic. I did until my oldest son was a year old. And I realized that the whole idea of an antibiotic is pure fraud and would hurt him and was hurting him and mm -hmm. learned other ways to deal with it. But I think that'd be inspiring to people too, that you've literally never been to a doctor with your daughter. What is she 11? She's nine now. Yeah. Yeah. She was born at home. She was born into water. I did a Lotus birth with her. So I didn't even cut the cord. I let it fall off as nature would intend. Um, I, I did uh, kangaroo care. So I did the 
the fourth trimester care where you're, uh, it's skin to skin for the majority of those three months. Uh, I did extended breastfeeding for three years. I co-slept with her for four years. Um, I did on and off homeschooling. I'm in a small town, so the, the school's just down the road and it's it was small enough and, and innocent enough that it was more about her having healthy play and meeting other kids and, you know, or those kinds of experiences. So she had quite a few of those and she met friends and had, had good times until they started to force her to sit at a desk. And then all of a sudden she became a problem child because if you meet my child, who's com- completely untouched by the hands of, of modern quackery, uh, she's full of life. She's full of energy. She, she runs, she never walks. She, she'll get up. If she has to go the, to do anything, she'll, she'll run to her destination. <laughs> um, and she always dances and sings and, and this is her nature. And I'm not going to tell her she has to shut up and sit down and listen to a drolling brainwashed, uh, politically numbed, uh, moron telling her lies that I'm going to have to undo later. And I also don't need her associating with bullies in school or experiencing um, a tribe of her peers that's going to override the tribe of her family when she needs support, emotional support and other things when she goes through her hormone changes. So I'm not uh, playing that game <laughs> at all. And guess what? She doesn't get sick ever. Yep. She had her childhood exanthems, as you normally would expect, which are a bloop. It's like basically when she would get anything, it would be a really super high, hot, awesome fever, which is very good. And it would be for a day, a day. And she might have the runs or, you know, a little bit of um, malaise. And then it was done. What's an exanthem? Exanthems are the normal natural childhood expressions that we get when we're young because our bodies are growing rapidly. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you poorly feed your child, they will have the incorrect proteins and incorrect um, uh, uh, components, if you will. Okay. In the body, the body has to get rid of that, especially during a a growth spurt. It's an immediate response by say pushing it out through the skin. So that's what chickenpox is, for example, measles. Uh, they're all from poor feeding from bad proteins, like improperly cooked meats, uh, maldigested proteins. Usually it's from, from meat or grain um, that the body has to get rid of. And they're very, very, very acidic proteins and they burn the skin and then they create a blister like a burn. That's what these, those, anything that creates a blister is a an acidic based compound that's created an injury on the skin that it's, it's cooling down with a blister. It's not contagious. It's not caused by a virus. It's your body removing waste particles. And unfortunately through the poor feeding, the livers are con- the liver's congested. So the liver is not optimized to digest and release the proteins as they would through the bowels. And so the easiest way for the body to get around that problem is to push it out through the skin. So, you know, these sorts of things. So she had one pock. So I was, I did pretty good. I ate pretty well. Uh, she ate pretty well. So she had one, one on her back. I was like, oh, there it is. And so it was like the chicken through. pox, but she got one pock. She got one. At the same time, she had her uh, roseola and phantom, which they have, of course, no vaccine for that and no explanation for that. It's just, you know, a rash and a three-day fever at the end. And, and, children get around six months of age, right? So it's, 
it's they ignore the things that they don't have a thing for because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter to them. And then they market the stuff that they do have something they can sell you uh, with. And they obviously use fear as their primary marketing tool to make you buy it. Um, but no, once she had, she had that, she, uh, the, that exam, those two exanthems. So that's just the word for normal expressions of childhood. Okay. That most children will go through a handful of them. And I think she had one or two kind of like colds and then only anything is if she eats sugar, like if she goes out and I can't monitor what she's eating, we went to this huge potluck, uh, around Thanksgiving of really woke, amazing, uh, business owners. And there was a huge spread of food and all this stuff, but there was an area where there was some sweets and chocolate and sugar and stuff. She got into that because I don't give her that. So she's like, ooh. <laughs> and that girl immediately threw that stuff up. Um, yeah. Her body rejected it. It's so clean that as soon as that white death gets in her, it's ex- it's excreted immediately. Yeah, so we're doing, we're, um, we have 900 new detoxers who just started with us this month and um, it's my husband's sixth time doing it. And, uh, we, he, he ate no sugar last year, which he was a total sugar junkie when I met him. So he ate no sugar all year. And, um, on January 1st, he, he had been really excited about eating some key lime pie. And he also went out and got marzipan because his mother is German and, and he just has all these memories of buying at the German store, the marzipan. And so he ate a bunch of that package of marzipan and then he, told me that he thought he was going to throw up and he tried to push it on me. And, oh, and we all, we did have some, I and uh, my brother and my longtime friend that we were with, we all had a little, but he was already, he, he said he felt like he was going to throw up. And then that night we went out and we all shared a piece of key lime pie. And my husband felt horrible the next day. People don't realize that when your body's running clean, it'll send you signals that it doesn't when it's fed nonstop garbage. And people finish our 26 day detox and they go, eat whatever they had been eating for 26 days and they have these terrible reactions to it. And it's like, well, okay, no, just, you just got a little, a little lesson, a little tap on the shoulder about how your body really feels about that. You just didn't, you just didn't know that when you're dumping garbage in all the time. Of course, we want to know what, what was the ideal diet? You've, you're clearly so well researched. I'm a little worried about what happens when your amazing daughter has to go spend all her time with all the dumbed down people as an adult. But I think that your daughter might just be a generation or two ahead of what we eventually come to when everybody gets awakened to the insanity that we raise our children into, all those things that you touched on, so many different aspects of it. It'll probably be a generation from now that all the parents realize we want nothing to do with this. We want nothing to do with the fraudulent injections and put your child on an ADD medication if they act like a normal child and dance and sing everywhere they go, et cetera, et cetera. So what did she eat after she was weaned? Well, I did baby led weaning with her. And so how that goes is what you're trying to teach is how they can control their palate properly. So you give them, like I would give her a beef bone with marrow in it and she would suck the marrow out of it. I would give her half of an avocado and she would figure out how to eat it. I would give her big chunks of food. So I never mushed her food because, right, because they're starting to cut teeth and they're starting to figure out how to chew properly. And if you just give them mush, they just swallow it and they don't learn how to chew. They don't learn how to, if they're choking, how to regurgitate properly. 
They um, actually, it damages the upper palate. So they're not even as attractive because you're attractive when your front palate actually pushes forward and you don't have proper dentition if you don't chew enough to get the teeth pushing on the sutures in the upper jaw to open up and allow the face to grow forward. And it's the same thing with the sinuses. You get all these kids with these adenoid problems, which is usually caused by vaccines uh, irritating them. But even if they didn't, they can have adenoid problems because first of all, around age between five and seven, they really swell up because they're about to change their tissue type. And then they actually retreat back in and they're, they're used differently as an adult than as a child. They, they aren't nothing. They're important structures for our long-term health. Of course, the medical mafia lies to us and tells us that all of these things are vestigial organs and they're useless and cut them out and all this kind of barbarism. But they're everything we're born with is a necessity to our health. And so the adenoids can be irritated during that phase. My daughters were a little bit irritated. I just gave her homeopathic calibichromium and uh, before bed so that she could breathe properly because she's a nose breather because I nursed her for three years. So she's a pro nose ble- uh, bre- um, breather, sorry. So she's, that's what you want. You want a nose breather as a, as a child, right? You don't want a mouth breather. And uh, so so if you work the palate properly, you'll have more space inside the sinuses and therefore you won't be as, as um, irritated by that adenoid transfer uh, when they temporarily swell up to have their histology change and then retreat back into the, you know, where they're going to be like as an adult. So these are all normal changes. And unfortunately, the medical establishment uses uh, our ignorance against us. So we don't know why these things are happening in our bodies and we get afraid because of ignorance. And then we run to a pretend expert and then we hope that they're going to have the knowledge to impart to us so that we know what's going on. So we feel safe. And then we do the thing that's going to make the correction. And that's the scam. Um, unfortunately, you go in as a victim. Uh, you're a victim the second you walk into their to their office because they have all kinds of agendas to make money off of you. And they're not educated on holistic health or knowledge. They're educated by chemical companies. Uh, it really started with the big oil barons. It was, they knew they could make medicine from oil and they loved all the oil. And they, that's how they were making their, their millions and millions of dollars. And that's how the Rockefeller-based medicine began, was basically on oil and chemicals, uh, the chemical companies. So Dow and these sorts of companies. So this is this is the birth of this stuff is from uh, something that is very um, against nature, away from our bodies, um, manipulating to our bodies, and not uh, understanding the holism, our holism, and that we're we're built to just figure it out. I mean, my daughter is not going to have the issues that I have. As someone who's vaccinated and had her tonsils removed, I have all kinds of issues that I'm constantly having to override in my in my body from the repeated amount of antibiotics I was put on by the, the surgery to my tonsils. Um, I, I have to always be on top of my health more than I would have to, other than if I just ate right and did occasional detoxes as a normal individual, I wouldn't get any problem. There would be nothing. I would be no cancers. There'd be no you know, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like my daughter, she'll just have to eat right 
and exercise and have good stress management and she'll be fine. Um, she won't have to deal with really weird, um, you know, throat infections or uh, really strange parasite infections and all kinds of sleep disorders and you name it, right? Because she's built the way that humans have been meant to be built perfectly and, and as by, by divine design. So did your mother eventually awaken and, you know, learn that, you know, giving you all these antibiotics and cutting out your, your tonsils and all this stuff was really just fraud. And is she more awake now? Oh yeah. My parents are fully woke now. Um, Not, you know, before the damage was done, but at least now they, I mean, I have um, parents in their mid seventies and they're not on any pharmaceutical medication whatsoever. Um, They're still working. They're highly functional. They're you know, well in every sense of the word, maybe a little bit of arthritis and some back pain. And my mom had a car accident. So she's had some, you know, pain issues from the repercussions of that. But as far as other health issues go, there's, there's nothing there because they know what not to put in their bodies and uh, that they're not degrading their own health by doing that. Right. And I, I took a lot of, obviously they followed what I was doing as I was learning and um, I made sure that they were not taking these things and, and even limiting things like microwave use because they grew up with that stuff. Like they, you know, it was new technology. It's advanced. Like we're advancing as a species. It's cool, right? To have a microwave and have all these fancy gadgets that seem like we're progressing. They they use progression as some sort of sales um, pitch that we're, you know, now we have like CRISPR gene technology. You can basically design your own baby and you can uh, push push genes into certain directions and you can find out if it's a gene you like or not. I mean, all of this stuff, right? It's like, it's, it's dangerous, slippery slope because um, once you start to tinker with nature on the level of DNA, you're really setting yourself up for an event that will wipe out humanity. Um, because nature's way more intelligent and stronger than any manipulation that we can do to it. It will always default back to itself. Um, and all it takes is one swift event, like a, like a weather event or an earthquake or, or, you know, something that a volcano that wipes out the sun for a while and then they're done. Those, those monocrops are finished, um, like in the genetically modified organism world, right? Which I have a degree in that. Um, so I know how vulnerable those systems are. And I know that it's a nice idea <laughs> in some sort of weird utopian world that doesn't actually exist, that you could like manipulate crops and then grow monocrops and have, you know, no pests and no wipeout and a lot of money and all this. It's a nice idea, but it doesn't work. It's not what happens in reality. It's exactly the opposite. You drain the soils, you damage the atmosphere, the the farmers go out of business, they commit suicide by drinking, you know, Roundup, Um, they've lost their livelihoods, and uh, people starve from using these things. So it's, it's all a big story that we're sold. And we have to really do our diligence and research properly, and be open minded and understand that we've all been indoctrinated from birth and we've all been hypnotized by the television. And there's a lot that is entwined in the way we grew up that we have to either constantly override and correct or actually um, unearth and, and rip the, you know, rip the 
roots right out of the soil and start over on some of the beliefs. Um, otherwise, you're going to be victimized by it. Like how many people have come to me and say, I wish I came to you first, <laughs> as opposed to going into the doctor and getting the runaround uh, and not getting answers and just getting prescribed drugs or needless surgeries and never getting well, like never finding the wellness or never actually solving the problem. Um, and then they get fed up and then they finally start researching. So if we could just really think ahead and before we get to that pain, we say, let me just do some research first and then decide whether I'm going to go for that surgery or not, or take that drug or not. Um, look up the side effects, for example, or go on forums where other people take the drug and see how, what happened to them. Um, you know, really think about what you're doing and why, and is it based on fear? And do you have enough informed consent to make those decisions for yourself? And that's, that's really what the doctor should be providing to their patients is proper informed consent. And they don't, they do not do that. It is unethical on every possible level. And obviously when you have a society that's demoralized, it's downhill from there. We know every society that's demoralized uh, will succumb into dictatorship, totalitarian types of regimes, gangs, uh, destruction of all sorts of local, you know, small businesses and these sorts of things in lieu of bigger monopolies. I mean, just look at the hypocrisy of what we're going through right now. My business has to close, but Walmart can stay open. All the big box stores are allowed to stay open. They have to like now limit essential items versus non-essential items. Who gets to decide what's essential for someone? It's absolutely amoral. Uh, any ethics professor, I mean, every ethics professor, I bet right now is just their heads are spinning <laughs> at what's going on. It's it's absolutely atrocious. Um, but I know you asked a question about uh, food and just wanted to answer that quickly. What the the best food for you to eat is the food that's best for your individual self. And so there are many different types of diets that are correct and that are therapeutic and that help you through something. And I don't like this versus that or one way or the highway because I've tried almost every single diet on my body and I find certain benefits with certain ones. I know what doesn't work for me and I know what does work for me. And that's different for different people. And we want to respect that. But also the fact that the most pristine way of eating would be the nomadic way of eating, which means that you eat what's around you, what's the most local, what's grown out of the soils that your body is familiar with, and that is seasonal. So whatever you eat in the spring is going to be different than what you eat in the summer. Imagine growing your food, growing your crops, going out foraging, when are you going to pick berries? Are you picking and eating berries in the spring? No, you're picking and eating berries in the fall, right? So that will be the prime time to eat that way. And I find when I eat as seasonally, as locally as I can, I feel my best. Also, some people prefer meat and some people thrive on meat while other people do not. And I'm one of those individuals that just never thrive really thrives eating meat. And that's just me. <laughs> it's always been like that for me. And I'm not one to tell someone that they can't. 
Um, I used to be very strictly vegan and I had ideologies behind that. And I think I was very judgmental when I was younger about people eating meat because I don't like the factory farming method. And I think a lot of people would agree that that method is terrible. It's, it's what they do to the animals and to the soil and to the, to the land is disgusting. And those practices need to change. Um, but if I did eat meat, I would either hunt it myself or get it from a hunter, get it locally and make sure that it's not coming from an industry that puts fear into the animal before it slaughters it. Cause I don't want to eat that fear in my body. So, you know, I think once we become mature and solvent in our souls, in our, as, as like spiritual adults, we realize that there's many worlds within the world of this place and there's many paths that people walk and it might've been a path you walked in a previous life and you can't judge that path. You have to try to un- try to understand it from a loving place of compassion while at the same time helping people through the illusions that they're walking. Cause this is one big illusion. This place is like 99% illusions, right? Everything's upside down and backwards. So how do we navigate through illusions when the external projection is absolutely 100% the other direction, right? Well, we have to listen to our inner selves and we have to close our eyes and realize the inside of ourselves is where the, the real information is, the real truth is. And the outside is uh, the, the tests, right? The schooling of, of like the school of life and clearing, you know, karma and, 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 and trying to balance um, the wrongdoings and these sorts of things. I know a lot of people don't subscribe to what I'm talking about, and that's fine. You don't have to. I do because I've lived a certain amount of lives that I feel that I can justify that that happens in my reality. It might not happen in your reality the way that you experience it, but one of the things there's underlying truth. There are underlying truths that are meant to be uncovered. And eventually I think we get there and then we probably finish this place. We probably don't stay in this place anymore. That's my feeling on it. So interesting. You've gone so many interesting places in this conversation. I feel like I could make a list of a hundred of them and and do a hundred more episodes with you. And I don't know that I've ever felt that way about anybody I've interviewed, that there are so many things you've touched on that I wanted to go deeper on. But will you, just as a last question, will you talk a little bit more about the lie of the virus um, mm-hmm. or the, the, a little bit more about the um, virus transmission is not, what we're being sold here is not, not the truth. Right. Um, well, it, it, it was born of a lie. It was born of a wartime manipulation to scare the people in port from um, accepting English ships. So telling the French people that the English ships uh, are carrying a deadly virus, which is Latin for toxin or poison, and that they can't let them on the land or they will die, right? So it was, that's how it began. And it was based on, you know, trying to manipulate people politically and win a war. It had nothing to do with actual health or wellness or preventing disease spread or any of that kind of thing. It was all based on how can we starve out our enemy and prevent them from getting fuel and supplies at port. And that was the beginning of the word. And then, and Dr. Stefan Lenka talks about the history at length and you can find his, his work as well online with some deeper searching because uh, he's quite censored as well. So that 
um, history is important because at that time, they don't have these microscopes that can even see something so small. The idea of the virus came because there was more putrid material after they filtered out some of the heavier bacteria and they were trying to figure out what this different kind of bacteria was because it seemed there seemed to be something more in the solution that they couldn't see, but they were trying to experiment with it and see what does it do when we put it into tissue and into animals and that sort of thing. So they were they were experimenting. They were experimenting with inoculation and they were experimenting with the new idea of vaccination. Um, again, based on false ideas of how our bodies work. Um, the whole antibody theory is incorrect. Uh, the whole contagion myth is just that, doesn't work like that, doesn't hold water as far as the experiments go. The science needs to prove that you can isolate something specifically as an organism, as a living thing that you put in somebody else in a way in which it would normally come in. So through the air maybe, or, or maybe it burrows in the skin or whatever you think its transmission is. And then that it produces disease. And not only that it produces a disease, but in one person versus another person, it produces the same disease. And they've never been able to satisfy conscious postulates with these uh, methods. Um, all they can try to do is give putrid matter uh, foreign material like someone else's DNA or skin cells or other types of organs and produce a violent reaction inside another animal's body or human's body that has to actually get out material that's foreign to it. So if you have somebody else's DNA inside your body, that's a problem for your body. It has to figure that out. It has to get rid of it, has to dissolve it. And if it confuses the body, you're going to get all kinds of strange allergic type of symptoms, histamine reactions, uh, what they call so-called autoimmune diseases. So this material- you're, actually, talking about, you're talking about the fact that there's aborted fetal cell lines in the vaccines? Well, there's the no- well, yeah, there, there's different, um, like in order to make the, the vaccine, they have to have cell lineages that they grow the so-called virus onto, which means they have to have rotted meat because germs are there to break down dead, dying, and damaged tissue. So they have to produce the dead, dying, and damaged tissue. They have to try to inoculate that tissue with the um, organism they think they're studying and then they have to try to isolate and grow, like what I mean, they mean by isolate is get rid of some of the others that are in there, some of the funguses and molds and other bacteria. So they put antibiotics in it to try to kill the other organisms that are breaking down the meat and just try to get the one that they're trying to study, which they do look for by, again, using PCR, Western blot techniques, which basically mean they are finding a segment of the nucleic acid of the thing that they're trying to study and they call that good enough. <laughs> but really, it's just a bunch of gobbledygook in a Petri dish. It's not that you've taken this particle, you've separated it out from all every other thing and there it is and now we've mapped it and now we can take that thing and we can put it in a body and produce a disease. That has never, ever, ever, ever been done and never can be done. People don't understand what they do because First of all, a second you would isolate that tiny thing, it would become denatured immediately. It would not live. It's not alive for one. It's not even living. So it would immediately dry up and you have nothing. You have a, a piece of a nothing. You have an evaporate. 
<laughs> at that point. So the only way you can get a thing is to try to make the conditions to create that thing to live in those conditions and then try to get as much of those out with some of the other materials are going to get mixed in because again, you can't fully isolate it out from the material without, with it lasting, right? With it existing. And even if you did, they've done it with bacteria, for example, bacteria big enough that they're able to, you know, separate out the bacteria and then take it. So take that pure bacteria and put it in another host, inject it into them, put it in their respiratory system, have them eat it, inject it up their nostrils. Guess what happens when they do that? Nothing, nothing happens. Uh, they have never been able to cause a disease doing that. All they can do to make symptoms happen is by either injecting violent chemicals into the body that produce a reaction like we're seeing with all the vaccine you know, deaths and all the VAERS reporting of deaths and, and, and uh, autoimmune problems and fainting spells and seizures and on and on it goes, right? Um, because the body is now completely confused. Uh, it's a very violent reaction to like aluminum, mercury, cadmium, and all the other waste products that are in this cell lineage that's been recycled for decades, decades. And Ju uh, Judy Mikovits, I know that she proved that every single one of these vaccines is contaminated. They're all contaminated because the cell lineage is contaminated. You can't just have tissue that you keep recycling without it breaking down past a certain point where you're now going to have, you know, weird uh, molds and plasmids and things that just should not be put in your body. I mean, it, it's, it's a no brainer for me. I would never want to put a, an admixture of that in. And guess what? They can't make a green vaccine either. They talk about, oh, take out the metals and take out all this crap and just give us the goods, right? Whatever that idea is, which is also false science. But let's say we believe in that idea that you trigger B cells and you get memory cells and all this crap, which is again, a lie, but say it's true that that's the idea. Okay, great. So what, what are you doing when you um, take out the metals and then you put that in the body? What happens? Nothing. You don't get an antibody reaction and you don't get a titer from it. So they say it's ineffective. The thing that makes you have a titer is the reaction to the poisons in it, because that's what is going to work with the so-called antibodies is your body going, whoa, we better get this out and we better get it out fast. And we're going to tag it and we're going to methylate it. We're going to tag it. We're going to engulf it. We're going to take this any, the quickest route and the least damaging route out of our bodies. That might be a rash. We might need a fever to get this out. We might uh, have such an anaphylactic reaction that we have all kinds of breathing problems and, and swellings and hives, et cetera, et cetera, which you, again, what do you see with the reactions? This is exactly again and again and again. So there's no virus that's ever caused a disease. And that's, that's really what we need to understand. And then, so what do we have or what are they finding or what particles are they even talking about? Well, they're talking about a bunch of different particles. One, they're talking about what we have in our bodies, which they wholly ignore, which is somatids or microzyma. And these are particular are, are pleomorphic cells that our own body makes. So think about that for a second. Think about the fact that you're teeming with bacteria. You're teeming with fungal forms. You're, you've got all kinds of various hosts <clears throat> living inside of you. 
10 times more of you, of them than you, of your own cells that you depend upon for a living. Okay. And you are then this is why antibiotics are obviously so dangerous because you're wiping out all your microbes that are there to pleomorph and go to work in helping you get rid of wastes that are helping you understand your terrain and helping you understand the food that you're eating and what's good and what's throwaway, right? And once the job is done, say the bacteria turns into a fungal form to get rid of a metal, for example, we saw all these kinds of candida problems and all this. A lot of it, it has to do with aluminum poisoning and metal poisoning because the candida does a better job at breaking down the metals and ingesting them than the bacteria does. And once the job is done and the metal is excreted, then the forms go back into dormancy. And it's a 16 stage somatid cycle that Gaston Nason's identified and mapped beautifully. And if you don't look at the living blood, if you don't look at it in the correct light, you don't see it. So they've conveniently hidden this knowledge from us by using the microscopes where you have to take out tissue and stain it with violet stain or red stain and uh, look at it under heat microscope and make some decisions like basically look at a shape and try to extrapolate it from a 2D into a 3D, which can get all kinds of wrongness from that. (laughs) I remember doing that in the lab when I worked as a a lab assistant uh, in vivisection. Sadly, I I was going to be a veterinarian. So I thought if I'm going to handle animals, I got to figure out if I can handle death. So I decided to become an animal lab technician at the University of Alberta my, my, that was an eye-opening, uh, you know, experience of the fraud of scientism. And um, I remember looking under a microscope going, I have to guess <laughs> on this spread whether there's a disease or not based on a subsection of a tiny fraction of blood that if I took from that patient or animal later could look completely different. So my hypothesis could have been wrong. You have to repeat the experiment to prove that it's really what you're looking at, right? And if I were a type of mind that had a different extrapolation, I would come to a different conclusion. So the science can be easily manipulated based on where your hypothesis wants to go, um, which is a very dangerous way to do science, which is what most of the science is is doing right now. Um, So understanding we have pleomorphic cells inside our body, then what on earth do we vaccinate against? If we are that, if we are the organism, all it does is damage our organisms and then damage our healing mechanisms and degrade us into, you know, an early grave. So there's a lot to know that we haven't been told that we're not taught that is hard to find now with all the censorship, especially, and also by the same chemical medicine agents, the Rockefeller trained agents they go after the knowledge. They attack the knowledge. They vilify it. So you go and you look up Gaston Nasons. They'll call them names. They'll they'll what they did to this incredible man is they stole his somatoscope. They dismantled it. They broke it, and they lost his all his lab notes and information. Uh, they put him in jail. You know this is what they do with our with our our healers and the people who know the truth, right? So look at the, just look at the behavior. When you go look up some, an elegant medicine that we have uh, available to us, where is it? Do people know about DMSO? Because when I found out about DMSO, I was like, where is this? Like where, 
where's the knowledge in my own naturopathic community? Why don't we know about this more? We had one mention of it in a sports medicine class. That was it. I mean, this should be used daily. Practitioners should have it available. They should walk out with a bottle of magnesium and a bottle of DMSO. That, that, if, if governments cared, <laughs> this is what they would give with the stimulus. They would say, here's some zinc, here's some vitamin C, here's some colloidal silver, here's some MMS, here's some DMSO, here's some food that isn't manipulated into a Frankenstein monster, you know, here's some fresh air, here's some actual sunlight, you know, here's some healthy water. <laughs> This is what they would do if they actually cared about your health. You know, here's the, here's the exercise regime that I, we recommend, you know, but they don't, of course they don't. No, they don't. And I think Fauci was under so much fire for the fact that he had, you know, five and 10 years ago mentioned in various interviews that he did, that he takes vitamin C and that he takes vitamin D. And then here we are six months into what he claims is a, is a pandemic killing hundreds of thousands of people. And people were like, how come this man has never once mentioned a single method of strengthening our immune system? How come there's not a single mention? And so he's now quoted in like one article somewhere. He, he said something about, yeah, make sure your vitamin D levels are up. So, you know, he, he checked that off the list, even though I, I just don't think he's allowed to, I don't think he's allowed to talk about any of that kind of thing. And I don't think he cares about it. And he's way too controlled and way too at the end of his career. The, Dr. Burks has now can't take the, can't take the heat anymore. So she's retiring and I wish she would take Dr. Fauci with her. He's, he's mm-hmm. older and he's done, he's created so much devastation, so much fraud. He's committed so much fraud in his career. So I just, oh, yeah. I really so appreciate the few practitioners who are willing to speak up, I've noticed that they're all self-employed. <laughs> None of them who are at risk for losing their jobs are speaking up. So thank you for being courageous. You're right. Like every, you know, as Dr. Christopher and um, a lot of his cronies, what, 60 years ago were being thrown in prison and their life's work taken from them or whatever. And I think we're seeing it again. I think we've been able to flourish to a certain extent. And now there are some of us in the natural health world who are disappearing in mysterious circumstances or we're being gaslit like I've never experienced in my life. I've never experienced anything like the gaslighting of the last 10 months. So I just want to tell you, thank you for your work and for taking so much time with me. I know you haven't had breakfast or lunch and now it's past dinner time. (laughs) Tell everyone how there's, you've touched on so many different things. They're going to want to dive deeper. Where can they, um, follow you. It's a yummy dot doctor, right? Oh, and we should have you back on the show just to do just an episode on DMSO. Cause that's a subject mm-hmm. we've touched on here. And I know it's your jam and we need to come back to that. Cause I know that you feel it's absolutely miraculous. So we'll have you back on when you have time to talk about that. Sure. But meantime, where can people start following your work? Well, I've had to, you know, create my own video server. So I have a blog that I'll be doing a lot more on. Um, and now that I feel like I've got my, my bearing straight again, after all of this nonsense, um, cause it shook us all up. I mean, businesses and how we're, what we're doing here and our lifestyles got all messed up by these criminals. Um, but now I, I have my purpose reset. So, um, I'll be doing a lot more writing actually, and educating through courses as well. I'm going to be making protocols for people because I realize 
that I just, I'm one woman and I can't service everybody. I'm getting more and more emergency cases and it's, it's getting really difficult. So I'm trying to make protocols for people that they can just, you know, one-time purchase sort of idea for all kinds of different things. So they know what to do um, instead of getting into the victim, you know, becoming a victim at the hands of the hospitals or the doctors. There's a lot of people that refuse to go to hospitals now. I get that every day people say, my father has actual pneumonia. I don't want to take him to the hospital because they're going to false, you know, give him a false positive COVID, put him on a vent and he's dead. So what do I do? So I'm like putting out fires like that all the time. So it'd be nice if I just had documentation, say, just take here, here's the protocol. This is what you do, right? So that'll be on yummy.doctor. So it's, it's, there's no .com or whatever. It's just literally yummy.doctor. Doctor is the domain. And then is I have- Is it D-R or dot? No, it's spell the full spelling. Full spelling. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then I have my yumnaturals.com and that is for all the products that I make and all the professional supplements that I host. Uh, and then if people are just interested in my, in my book, then they can go to healingwithdmso.com. But I also have that on my Yum Naturals website because people will buy the book and then other stuff. So I've got it in there too. And there are also mailing lists on all three websites that are different. So I do encourage people to sign up to the mailing list because I'm censored. I'm one of the more heavily censored ones actually out there. Um, so I'm going to rely more on my my newsletters and also on Telegram. Telegram's been a blessing. It's been... Uh, mentally supportive and emotionally supportive. And most of us have been chased off of Google products uh, are really running some decent sized groups and communication networks inside Telegram, which don't, they don't censor us whatsoever. So that's really a nice place to. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how um, that seems like this great gift. I have a group there too. It's just, I've had to change my group three times, just trying to learn the so I get up to thousands of people and then I have to start over again because I realize, oh, I can't make this group allow people to comment. So now my group is just called Robin Openshaw. It's just that simple. It's a channel actually, so that you can comment mm-hmm. on my posts. What is yours in Telegram? Um, I have two. I have um, uh, one where there's an interactive group sort of channel and that one's called Healthy Dose of Truth. And, uh, then I have my own, just where I post like stuff that I would have posted on social media and so forth as almost like a catalog. And that is under my name, Amanda Vollmer, uh, and Yum Naturals Emporium. So if you look up either my name, which is spelt with an H A M A N D H A Vollmer, V O L L M E R. And then Yum Naturals, uh, you'll find me on there. And, uh, You'll, you'll probably find both both groups there and they're they're pretty hopping and and it's it's lovely because this is really i think in a deeper sense what this is all about i think this whole great reset thing is really our awakening time it's our opportunity for mass awakening right and so to see more and more people coming together, supporting one another. You know, there's all these interviews with each other and we're talking about it. The conversation is flowing. We're doing workarounds for all the censorship. We're figuring out, you know, how can we get out from under the thumb of the beast, right? And how can we um, uh, hone our skill sets? What are our skill sets? What would we offer a community exactly? How can we get um, more reliant on our own gardens rather than the grocery store, right? How can we support small businesses as much as we can rather than 
uh, always giving our money to Amazon or giving our money to Google, which is running AI systems to enslave us. Why are we paying for that? When, when are we going to really figure this out? And I see it happening more and more every day. And that that's very exciting and something certainly to look forward to and to put more energy into. So I'm glad you're on Telegram as well. And, uh, you know, I know there's probably a lot of crossover going on uh, in there and, and it's exciting. I'm, I'm happy about that. Despite all the darkness and despite all the chaos, there's always, remember, even when a fire rips through a forest, within days, you have the, the flowers coming out of the ground, growing out of the ash, right? So we will survive this. We will overcome this. We just have to be disciplined and be focused. If you're going to be lazy and you're going to, or slothful, if you're going to be uh, without courage, if you're going to be cowardly, then it's not going to be a pretty situation. But if you face yourself and you look within and you, and you get up every day with the discipline under your belt, then the rewards will come. I guarantee it. So I, I look forward to more chats with you. I really like talking with you. And uh, I really am, am hoping that more and more people open their minds to the other ideas that have been suppressed for, you know, a very long time. Me too. Thank you. I agree with so much of what you've had to share with us today. And I'm going to go follow you on Telegram and continue the download from Dr. Amanda Vollmer, everyone. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone, just a PS from me. It's completely unprecedented that Apple, the company, has gotten in on the censoring game. They've removed Parler from the Apple store. And my concern is that you might see that my podcast disappears and you never see it again. Or they remove this episode. Okay, so if they're going to get in on the censoring game, I would like for us to stay connected. And you might not realize for weeks or months that I'm not in your feed anymore. So just to stay connected, make sure you go, please, to takeactionforfreedom.com. Go there right now. If you wait till later, you'll be like, hey, what was that website? So go to takeactionforfreedom.com and click on join the fight for freedom. That way, if we get disconnected, I can reach out to you by email. And especially if you're in Utah, you'll get an update because I'm very involved in the fight for Utah's freedom. So especially if you're from Utah, you'll hear from me probably twice a week from that newsletter list. So get on our newsletter list, takeactionforfreedom.com and click on join the fight for freedom. Thank you so much.